Friends, will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be pleasing in your sight. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I've been spending a lot of time this past week thinking about Pentecost one year ago. It's hard to believe, but it's been one year since I woke on Pentecost morning and found myself in a cramped hotel room in Amman, Jordan with 18 other adults. Some of you watching today were there, members of our church, Christ Church Frederica, Temple Beth Tefillah. We had pilgrimage to the Holy Land and Pentecost Sunday marked the end of our two-week journey. So we felt like it was important to to both mark the conclusion of our trip with worship, but also to mark the fact that we were in a place that was less than 50 miles as the crow flies from where the Pentecost story itself happened all those years ago. And so we worshiped. We pulled chairs in from other rooms. Some of us sat along the wall, others on the edge of the bed, some on, on the nightstands. And what I remember the most at the beginning of that worship was looking around that room and seen, reading really, on almost every single person's face, a note of sheer exhaustion. Two weeks is a long time to go, nonstop. And that's what you do when you go to the Holy Land. You go from sunup to sundown every single day. And by the time we got to the end of those two weeks on Pentecost morning, we were tired it showed. But we worshipped. I can't quite remember what we did, but I think we divided roles and I offered prayers and uh, read scripture, the verses, the story of Pentecost that we have just heard read. And Father Tom Purdy, he uh, officiated uh, the sacrament of communion and, and offered this a brief reflection on the Pentecost story. And I remember uh, it was in that reflection that suddenly I woke up. Because Tom uh, very succinctly and very briefly and very simply summarized the Pentecost story this way. He said, the story of that first Pentecost is an illustration for how when the Spirit shows up, something new is born. When the Spirit of God shows up, something new is always born. You know, I've wondered if maybe the reason I keep thinking about Pentecost a year ago during Pentecost this year is because when I imagine your faces on the other side of this camera lens, out there in, in the social hall, I see a lot of faces that look tired. In my conversations with you, and I know in your conversations with others, what I keep hearing is that we're tired. We're tired of this new normal. We're tired of, of the isolation. We're tired of the, the boredom. We're tired of the worry. And then on top of all of that, weeks like uh, the weeks our community has lived through recently, weeks like just this past weekend and this weekend in which we are living now, illustrate the fact that our nation. Our nation is tired as well. We are a people who are tired of senseless 
death. We are people who are tired of, of violence begetting more violence. We are people who are tired of prejudice. We're tired. You know, I struggled for a long time to figure out sort of an end to this story of Pentecost for this year. What do you say about the birth of the church in a time when, when the church is, is figuring out what church even is? And then, then it occurred to me that, that the people in this story, at the very first Pentecost, there in that upper room, they were tired too. Right, you remember all of those names in the scripture that are easy to get fumbled up? Right, they're essentially names that are meant to illustrate the fact that, that the crowd in that home that day of the first Pentecost were people who came from every corner of the world known then. And they didn't have the benefit of a plane to get them from one point to another like we did, right? These are people who had undertaken exhaustive journeys. To get there. And on top of that, right before Pentecost happens, there's still this people who, who know about the death of Jesus and believe in the resurrection of Jesus, but, but they haven't quite figured out what the heck it is they're supposed to be doing. Right? Pentecost happens to a group of people who are tired. The Spirit shows up. And something new in that group of people is born. And the thing that is born is called the church. You see, Pentecost. Pentecost is this radical idea that God chooses. God chooses to use ordinary, tired people. People like you and me and all of us. Pentecost is this radical idea that God chooses to use tired people to accomplish extraordinary things. Right? I remember these two faces appearing in my mind as I sat there with, with my Bible open, reading those verses and hearing Tom's reflection a year ago. The two faces that came to my mind were the faces of two men who we had met during those two weeks. Two men who I've told you about once before, an Israeli Jewish man and a Palestinian Muslim man, both of whom shared one thing in common, and it was the death of their children. They had both lost children to the violence and the terrorism of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and yet these two men chose not to let the, the unimaginable grief and pain and anger and hate that was very well justified as a result of those events happening to them. They chose not to let those things define them, but instead they chose a third way. They chose to come together, to model for their communities and for the world a third way, a way of peace way of love, right? The Spirit shows up and something new is born. 
God chooses to use ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. We've seen it ourselves in the life of our congregation. Right? None of us knew what we were doing when all of this began. And yet, looking back on the last three months, we have seen how people have rallied to provide food for those in need in our community. How we have called on the more vulnerable members of our congregation to just check in. How we have sewn masks for those who, who need added protection. We have raised $100,000 to just give away to anyone with financial need in our community right? Over and over in these days and weeks leading up to this Pentecost, we can see where the Spirit keeps showing up and new things keep being born. So the question for us is how do we continue being the church in these days? How do we continue being the church in our fatigue? in our physical distance from one another, in our boredom, in our worry, in our disappointment, in our grief. You know, as a pastor, that is the question that I find myself wrestling with nearly every hour of every day. How do we be church in these times when the world seems to be changing so rapidly? How do we be church in a real way through a virtual screen? I think our answer is here. I think our answer is that we have, to, we have to be people who follow the lessons of Acts, who follow the lessons of these people who have come before us and who have figured out and plotted ways to be faithful in times of new normal, right? We have to have vision. We have to, to be generous, Generous not just in, in the monetary sense, but generous in, in giving grace to others. Right? We have to reach out and touch. In times of such conflict, we talked about how we have to be able to find ways to touch that doesn't involve physical touching. Right? We have to listen. And we have to empathize. And we have to act. Right? How do we be church in times like these? The lessons are here in front of us. We have to look to ourselves as leaders. Right? In the puzzle of faith, each of us is a piece. And if one piece is missing, the puzzle is not complete. Right? We have to expect joy to sneak up in the most unlikely of people and places. We have to keep showing up in other words. And we have to trust that in our showing up, the Spirit will show up too. And something new will be born. But when even those things are hard, on weeks and weekends like this one, where all of us struggle to find words, When names that we didn't know before are suddenly imprinted on our hearts. Names like Ahmaud Arbery. And names like George Floyd. In these days when we have 
no words, when we're all out of energy, when we are tired to the bone, we have to pray. Friends, will you pray with me? God, we cup our hands this day to offer up our prayers to you, trusting that you will place a word right back in our hands that will nourish us, that will guide us, that will lead us in this life of faith that we seek to walk. Oh God, on this Pentecost, we pause as ordinary people. We pause as people who have been called nonetheless. Who have been called to something extraordinary. Something called the church. Oh God, help us to be the church in the truest sense of the word. In a world that is so broken. In a world that groans under the weight of its own sickness. Help us, O oh God, to look out and to see faces that we recognize, to see names that we know, to see your children. O oh God, we pray for rest. We pray for renewed energy, that in this season that begins, we might go forth as people who are alive with your spirit, as people who are sent out into the world to light a flame of your love and your compassion in the hearts of all. Oh God, lead us in that work this day and always. And we pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.